what's up? Welcome, welcome, our fair listeners. Man, we missed y'all. You know who it is. It's Juwan Mass, the Paranormal Poppy, and this is Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers, brought to you by Discovery+. Plus. Oh, and don't forget about your boy, Daylon Spread. This is your favorite trio ghost hunting team. And I am your homie, the Marcus Harvey. How you guys doing? Man, we got a great episode for you guys today. Yo, I talked to director Patrick Bryce. He's also an actor and screenwriter and cinematographer, so he pretty much does everything. He's known for directing Creep 1 and 2, The Overnight, Corporate Animals, and There's Someone Inside of Your House. He's one of the best horror directors out there, guys. I've really wanted to make movies ever since I was, I would say, 12 or 13 years old. Like I said, I grew up kind of in the middle of the woods. I grew up in Northern California in this town called Grass Valley, which like almost sounds like a made-up town name in the middle of the woods. It sounds like it could be a horror story. Yeah, I mean, a lot of weird stuff happened in that town. Grass Valley sounds like a big-ass weed field. Now that... Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Is it loud? I don't want no Reggie Valley. <laughs> but we also dig into all these creepy things that are caught on camera and how it's used in movies, you know? Like when the cameraman goes into the woods and happens to film something crazy, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, like to tell stories. Like when the camera is a part of the movie to tell the story. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yes. It's used in so many movies, books, everything. Just look at movies alone. True, yeah. So found footage. This is a thing, guys. Like, it's really creepy. We're going to talk about it in more detail in just a bit, but I just want to ask you guys real quick. The Blair Witch Project. Oh, my God. I know you guys have seen this. Yeah, bro. Honestly, I, the Blair Witch Project was my first introduction to the found footage type movies, man. And I loved it because I, like everybody else, Thought that that shit was real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That thing did mm -hmm. look real when, when you first saw it. I was like, dang. But think about years later, even with Paranormal Activity. Yeah. That's the, still the same kind found of like found footage yeah. type genre film, man. Right, right. Like if you can make a movie in that type of vein, bro, you kill. But also, look at filming more broadly. Like our shows. We catch crazy stuff on camera, bro. Like, we really get some creepy things on film. Or like in a recording. Like, you know, remember when Angela Johnson Riaz was like, Telling us about her recording her show and she heard some stuff. Ooh, ooh. Hey, what about this season of Lights Out? I know we ain't supposed to tell nobody. The season that I won? Oh, my gosh. No, I got riled uh -oh. this one. Uh -uh. I feel like uh -uh. I got Oh, this my one. gosh. But we Listen. saw the face of Satan. That's all I'm going to say. What about Fright Club? You know our show with Jack Osborne? Oh, man. All we do is watch crazy clips on there. Lots of that was caught on camera there, bro. Lots. <laughs> Listen, that whole show is literally crazy captures from all over the world. You know what our show's like? What's that? Our show's like a haunted America's funniest home videos. Who, wait, wait which one of us is Bob Saget? Because he's the only host. <laughs> no, nah, they got uh, 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 Carlton. Oh, oh Carlton. Oh, 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 there's not multiple. <laughs> well, there's different periods of America's home videos. So now we got to wait our turn. Hey, bro, listen. Some seasons were better than others. <laughs> I won this second season. So let's go to our interview. I want to hear more about this from our guest, Patrick, right? Right, right, right. Patrick Bryce. Yo, what's going on, Patrick? Welcome to the show. You're a brilliant director, actor, screenwriter, and cinematographer. You've made some cool horror and thriller movies, man. We really appreciate it. I'm very happy to be here and be talking with you guys. What was your first experience that kind of defined you or your interest in the, the horror or thriller space? Well, I made a movie that came out in 2015 called Creep. And this was a movie that was 
the, the first film that I made after I got out of film school. I was actually still in film school when we were coming up with the idea for the movie. And it was a dark comedy mm-hmm. about a guy who gets hired off of Craigslist. And that, that's me. I play this character to film this other guy who was supposedly dying of cancer and wanted to document his life for his unborn kid. And that guy's played by Mark Duplass. And his character hires my character to come up to this remote cabin in the woods to film him, which is like red flag number one in that situation. Right. And it slowly kind of devolves into this situation where we realize, or the audience realizes that this person isn't being truthful and is crazy and becomes more dangerous as the film goes on. And it's kind of this like cat and mouse story told through found footage because the conceit was my character is filming Mark's character. And that was done because we wanted to make a movie for no money. We wanted to make a movie that didn't have a crew. We wanted to make a movie that was just me, Mark, and a a movie camera out in the woods. And we cut that footage together into a movie called Peach Fuzz. And we showed it to... Jason Blum from Blumhouse Productions. And these are the guys who did the Paranormal Activity movies and mm-hmm. The Purge, and they're kind of horror masters. And Jason looked at the movie, and at the time, it was a bit more of a dark comedy. And he looked at the movie, and he said, you guys made a horror movie. You need to lean into the fact that this is a horror movie. And the intention of making some changes, like, I'll take you under my wing and show you how to craft this into a horror movie. And he did that. We, we, we worked on it for another six months to a year after that before we finally finished. So this episode is actually about found footage, the the filming of like creepy stories like Paranormal Activity or Blair Witch Project. You got your hand in that. Did you experience anything paranormal when shooting the film? Do you have any paranormal experiences that you've experienced? I would say during the course of shooting the movie, It was literally just me and Mark out in the woods together with the movie camera. I think I was in an altered state the whole time because like, I wasn't really checking my phone. I'd check in with my wife in the evenings, but otherwise it was just me and him. And it was very like meditative and focused. And so like, it's not really paranormal, but it is almost transcendental. I felt like I was kind of outside of myself and my creativity. And honestly, I haven't felt that way again since making something. Is it something you want to experience again? Oh, yeah. It's something I've been chasing since then. But there's a lot of fear attached to that, too, because like not only is there like just the visceral fear of like being alone in the middle of the forest, even though I grew up in the woods and it's something that's sort of a part of me, it's still inherently strange. There was one moment, though, on the second movie, which we went back and made a sequel and we were shooting the climax out in the middle of the woods. And we had this dude that we hired from the local town as our security guard. He was just like a dude like sitting out there in his truck. And when we got to the filming site, which we were going to shoot in the middle of the night, it was like midnight or something. He told us right before we were going to start shooting, right before we were going to be like running all over the forest, doing all this stuff, just us, that he caught and killed a rattlesnake right there in the spot that we were there right before we were going to shoot. And so... I tried to not take that as a bad omen, I guess, you know. (laughs) But you need to be prepared is what you're saying? Exactly. It definitely changed the energy for the rest of the night, knowing that there's snakes out there. Yeah, let's say now it's like safety at risk. I know you also wrote Creep 1 and 2, right? Yeah. Tell me, when did you want to write for TV and film? I've really wanted to make movies ever since I was, I would say, 12 or 13 years old. I grew up kind of in the middle of the woods. I grew up in Northern California. In this town called Grass Valley, which like almost sounds like a made up 
town name in the middle of the woods. It sounds like it could be a horror story. Yeah, I mean, a lot of weird stuff happened in that town. While I was growing up there, there was a, a double murder that happened where this guy was accused who may or may not have done it. But these two women that were high school seniors at my school. And I think I was in like third or fourth grade when this happened. And it was like in the local paper every day. And it was like this, this thing that kind of was this mystery that permeated the town. Small town? Like everybody knows everybody? Yeah, 100%. It's very much like Twin Peaks vibes in terms of a mystery taking place. Yeah. And then there were things like, I feel like every small town had this, or it doesn't even need to be a small town or not, but every, every town had like the devil house in it. Was yours abandoned or was there actually like a family living in there? And that was just super creepy in itself. Oh, no. Ours was at the time was abandoned and it was a beautiful house. It was actually designed by Julia Morgan, who's like this famous Californian architect who designed a lot of houses during the gold rush or after the gold rush. And it had been a convent at one point. Nuns lived there. And then it was like a place for almost like a foster care house through the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. And so you walk in and there was a hallway that was just leaflets, like pamphlets, Christian pamphlets, just like a foot of them in this, in this hallway. And then there was another room that had an outline of a body in it. But, you know, it was like one of these places that I think kids would go party at. Yeah. It was just the scariest place. We went there a couple of times and you definitely felt like strange energy and history once you stepped onto the grounds. Yeah. And what's funny now is that it's, it's a wedding venue now. You know, there were like stories about like the reason why they had to had to shut it down was because like one of the kids was killed there and stuff like that. But like, you know, I don't know if like I, I've never like done the research to, yeah. <laughs> to to see if those were true or not. But you know, you look at it now and they've like completely refurbished it and there's like a beautiful lawn and I miss the mystery of what it once was. I'm a little like bummed that it's this like sort of kind of cheesy wedding venue now. I don't think that's like discussed with people who are gonna like have their weddings there or anything. <laughs> right. This used to be referred to as the devil house, just so you know. Uh, the devil house. I know, you know, maybe maybe you can have him in your backdrop of your wedding photos. You know what I mean? Like maybe he appears like the ghost. Do you feel like that 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 place inspired some of your your desire to want to do like darker films or thrillers or, or horror? Yeah, 100%. I was an only child, you know, like I grew up like on, it was like seven acres of forest and, and, and our house had a lot of windows, mm -hmm. but, but I didn't realize that it wasn't until like I had, my friends would come over and spend the night and, and be like completely freaked out. And I'm like, what? It's just, just this is just my house yeah. looking out the windows and realizing that, oh, everything that's out there can see you, but you can't see anything right. is, it's terrifying. It kind of like leaves you frozen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you're kind of stuck in that state. You know, myself, Dalen, Marcus, we actually go to different, you know, locations haunted to kind of see what kind of activity that we can capture through found footage. So, like, when you're filming, do you ever, I guess, get creeped out? Like, when you're in those moments filming? Yeah, part of it, too, is because the move, you know, the creep movies are found footage and at least with the first one, also because I was acting in them. And then there's a motif also in the first movie of Mark Duplass's character, like jumping out, hiding behind things and like jumping out and scaring me, scaring my character. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that was like kind of us commenting on this, you know, kind of overused trope of horror movies, the jump scare, yeah. right? 
it's something that especially a lot of horror fans have grown tired of. Mm. It's almost a given for horror. Yeah. But it's also like the cheapest way to scare someone there is. Right. Like standing behind something and then jumping out and scaring them, you know. And some people like that adrenaline rush. I mean, that's why like, you know, haunted houses exist or like Universal City Walk or, you know, like haunted horror nights or whatever. Like stuff, people love stuff like that. But when we were filming the first movie, we did create a couple different scenarios where my character didn't know where Mark was going to be hiding. Okay. The kind of screams that I do in that movie yeah, yeah. are real for sure. And because it was found footage and because we were improvising the dialogue and all that stuff, and because it wasn't a more like, you know, crafted, put together production, we could have those like natural moments. What I love about found footage is that it just like, it creates opportunity for pure moments in, in a really beautiful way. I mean, the thing that I don't love about it is from a story standpoint, you really have to justify the reason why the camera's rolling, right? Right. The whole time. Right. Because I think that's, you know, people love to poke holes, right, in horror movies. And I think if you're not justifying why that camera's rolling, you're going to maybe raise that question for an audience and then potentially lose them. So what's next for you? What's something you haven't done that you may want to do? Like what's, 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 what's in the future for Patrick Bryce? Yeah. Well, I just, I just made a movie for Netflix. that was like the biggest movie that I've ever made. It was a slasher movie called There's Someone Inside Your House. Sean Levy and James Wan produced it. And it's, you know, kind of a throwback to like movies like Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer, like movies that I grew up on and, you know, enjoyed. And it was a chance to sort of give my own take on that and cast just these like amazing young actors that I, that I loved working with so much. And, you know, I, I wasn't sure because I'd never worked with young people before. Like these are like straight up Gen Z kids. That was yeah. the best <laughs> part of it because they were amazing and they were in the pocket like beautiful souls. It just made me want to work yeah. with more young people. And it gave me a lot of confidence and in, in terms of like crafting set pieces and stuff like that. Right. I just want to keep, keep making bigger stuff. I just want to continue to have like the freedom to be able to make specific work that doesn't repeat itself. You know, if I have any goal at all, it's that I, I want to keep making projects that, that feel like a fresh new challenge. Yeah. Keep pushing the conversation forward, Patrick. I love what you're doing. Man, it's been outstanding talking with you. I actually look forward to seeing your up and coming projects. Thank you so much for the time. Appreciate, appreciate you, you guys so much. All right, man. It's, like, it's crazy. Like, you don't realize how accomplished some people really are. I, hey, man, that man has a resume. Patrick is super dope. He's clearly going to be doing very well, bro. I'm excited to see where he goes next. He has some good projects coming out. Now, listeners, we got to leave you, but just for a moment for a commercial break, because we'll be right back, and you better not leave. I'm talking I'm talking about you right there. You about to leave. I saw you about to leave. You better hold. You better come mm-hmm. home. You better hold. And we're coming right back. Welcome back, everybody. But now, on to more creepier things caught on camera. So, found footage is actually like a cinematic technique which all or a large part of the work is presented as if it was discovered film or video recordings. 
I mean, the events on screen are technically seen through the camera of one or more of the characters involved, often with real-time off-camera commentary. Let's see, like, that's like a whole genre in itself, right? Like, the found footage genre? <laughs> yes, especially in horror, and it's usually shown as discovered film or video recordings, you know what I mean? Often left behind by missing or dead protagonist characters. Hmm, when did this become popular? Well, it's definitely from all the movies like The Blair Witch Project and one of our favorites, guys, Paranormal Activity. Yeah, Paranormal Activity. That's the story of the documentary film exploring seemingly unrelated paranormal incidents connected by the legend of an ancient demon. That joint was crazy, bro. Yeah, my favorite movie ever. Yeah. But how well do you know about your found footage movies, man? I'm smelling a little bit of a game coming along. Oh, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just a, I'm just a novice. I'm not even gonna lie. Oh, that means that sounds w. like you just forfeited. That sounds, so, uh, forfeit. I'm just being... that sounds like I'm about to lap somebody. Let's go. Let's go. So all of these movies have found film footage, but I want you to tell me how they did it or the plot if you know it. Okay. Okay. Let's try this. I'm with it. Yeah, this might be a hard one, but I got it. Oh, Let's don't go. worry, man. Since y'all try to make me look bad these past episodes, <laughs> got some for y'all. So we've talked about the Blair Witch Project uh-huh. and Paranormal Activity, did. But what about the incident at Loch Ness? Oh, I know what that one was. What's it about? Okay, it's about um, the Loch Ness monster. Okay, footage that was found about him by a person who was in the Loch Ness, mm. and so he was, like, yeah, he was like, yeah, he was, he was, he was. Nicely nestled in the nest. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, okay. So that's my answer. What you say, Juwan? Um, what was that movie? How was it? I don't know. Maybe it was in water. Did it take place in water? In a swamp, maybe? I don't think you can answer a okay. question with Okay. <laughs> so we're going to go with Marcus on that one. Yes! <laughs> so it's actually a documentary exploring the myth of the Loch Ness Monster in Scotland, UK. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Gosh, good job, fellas. What about this one? <laughs> Wait, you said fellas. That's hey, man, listen, listen. Fella. Nope. Everybody gets credit Marcus, right here. I'm trying to give him a participation no, no. trophy. Everybody gets credit right here. He gets the little blue ribbon. Got you. <laughs> it's Don't okay. Like that. Here we go, guys. What about the bay? Oh, I know that one. Which one is that, Marcus? That's about a place um, near um, San Fran. They were like, they were like, you know, hey baby, hey baby. Okay, oh, okay. That's, that's, you know, what I'm saying, and, they, and they, it's like DJ. it's like a, some kids. From the hood, and they they fight this like ghost, uh, uh, uh ghost like uh, uh, eel yep. in the bay. Yep. yep, yep. And they find it off of yeah. Isn't I that know. called? Isn't that anaconda? Yep, yep. yep. Yeah. No, it's, it's not. It's called uh, snakes on a plane. Oh, oh okay. What's Samuel God, Jackson? Snakes on the damn plane. <laughs> now go ahead. What you say? What you say the bay is, Jawan? Oh, that's uh where they go dumb, 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 dumb. Ain't that who is closest? Uh, neither. Uh, so the Bay is a found footage film about toxic parasites yep. that infect humans in Maryland's Chesapeake Bay. I knew that. See, I wanted to give it to you, Juwan, but you said the Bay is in Oakland, <laughs> and you said the Bay is in San Francisco, Marcus. So both of y'all was wrong. Okay. Next one. Go ahead. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Go ahead. I didn't like this. Cloverfield, a New York City. Something's happening. These people about to go to a party. They like trying to run the spots. Stuff breaks down. They run to another spot. Mm. People get eight. They run down underneath. Okay, that sounds like Godzilla. What no, you say, no, Juwan? no. It really was. It was about like a New Year's party. Well, to be honest, Marcus, I see your face. One on technicalities. 
It was a going away party. Oh, so in you're New York wrong. City. In New York City. Thank you. Oh. We don't, hey, we don't give partial credit over here, Marcus. We don't do that. We, hey, listen, son. I need for you to do your damn homework oh, and study. Oh, 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 okay. You come oh. here prepared. Hey, is oh. this is this because I dominated you in the last game? <laughs> hey, listen, son. Hey. Is that what's happening? Is this what's happening, guys? Now, I keep beating y'all. Now, Juwan, tell me your 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 tell me your recollection of Cloverfield. Was <laughs> it a going away party in New That's York what City? Like to say. And then what happened? A lot of other shit. Yeah. Oh, all right, guys. I'm y'all gonna have to split that point. Wait, first off, stop it. We're not splitting no point. We, he literally just—you heard him say everything verbatim after I just said it. You didn't say a going away party, but that doesn't mean because he, he just was, told you going away party. But that doesn't mean he wasn't already thinking it though. Look, man, the movie Cloverfield is literally a group of New Yorkers enjoy a going away party. Little do they know that they will soon face the most terrifying night of their lives. A creature the size of a skyscraper descends upon the city, leaving death and destruction in its wake. So you know how Cloverfield pretty much ends, right? It's pretty yeah. much them just using a handheld video camera. The friends record their struggle to survive as literally New York crumbles around them. Mm. Last one, guys. This was a tricky one. The Dark Tapes. Oh, that's a Drake that album. No, that's that's some of my personal stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah, that come from you gotta <laughs> go behind that. the red door to get that one. That, the black <laughs> Mandingo. I don't know. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it was a handheld camera too, man. Hey, hey, listen, come on. Found come one on. Hey, one hand. Hey, Two hand. <laughs> Heavy, heavy lifting. Whoa. I'm working with a monster. Okay. Go ahead, bitch. It's about oh. a monster that goes through a town and destructs stuff. How about that? Yep. Okay. What you say it is, Juwan? I haven't seen dark tapes. I get, I think that's a forfeit. Okay. Sorry, that's a forfeit. Yeah. Okay, so Juwan forfeited and Marcus used just wrong. But that's still closer than a forfeit. It's better than a, a wrong. It's better oh, than a forfeit. Oh, my gosh. It's way better than a forfeit. <laughs> Got to knock complete. So look, man, the plots and characters are all unrelated, other than the fact that they are all involved in found footage. But together, they form a disturbing film. But you know what, man? We have to declare a winner. And as much as I hate it, and as much as I would love to deny you of it, Marcus, I must give it to you, Marcus. <laughs> and that is only because Juwan sucks. Whoa, hold hey, on. Well, Slow down. You know what? There's got to be a one in the eight seed. There's got to be a Slow one in the eight down. seed. But to clarify, the winner is Marcus. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't shit. So let's move, wow. move away from this game. I want to go to, you know, our listeners, since they favor me a little bit more than you do in this game. Here is a creepy story from a fan named Tony Boggan in Illinois. What's going on, Tony? So in the early 2000s, I was dating this guy and... I hated to go to his house. One, because I always had like this eerie, weird feeling and like the hairs on the back of my neck would stand up and it was always freezing cold. So I come over to his house. We're standing in the kitchen and like right off of the kitchen is the stairs going straight up to his bedroom and the other rooms in the bathroom. And I look. And I see this chick come walking out of his bedroom and she smiled at me and went into the bathroom. The Chicago girl and me was like, nah, we finna get into it. You call me over here and you really got a chick back here? So I bolt up the stairs, get into the bathroom 
And ain't nobody in there. So the curtain was back on the shower curtain. I'm like, no, nah, you bold, shorty. You you bold. You want to come out? You want me to see you? Come on up out of here. Snatches the curtain back on the shower. Nobody's there. And I'm like, I saw somebody come into this bathroom. And he was like, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Something's haunting me. And then I'm like, you know what? You can have any and all of this. You know, I'm out. Hey, man. Anybody named Tony from Illinois, you got to believe what they say. You got to watch your back, too. You got to check your pockets when they leave. (laughs) So, for the story submission, we have saved our favorite segment for last this week. And we want to hear from you guys. So, all I need for you to do is go to ghostbrotherspodcast.com to leave a voice memo of a creepy encounter or experience you had with something paranormal or out of this world. So yeah, just go straight to ghostbrotherspodcast.com. All right, so time is up. And thank you for listening in to your favorite paranormal podcast out there, Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers, with them five brothers. Hmm, dark tapes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love having you guys. <laughs> <laughs> We loved having you guys. Remember to subscribe and review us, man. Give us five stars. Y'all know how y'all love us. This is the best podcast you listen to right now in your life. Right now. You know it. Go ahead, do it. We also read every one of them. So make sure you send them. Make sure you review it. Because look, man, we going to read them online. I read them. We post them. We review them. Mm-hmm. Send them in. Yep. And we'll scare you guys next week. Thank you so much. Peace. Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers is produced by Neon Hum Media for Discovery Plus. For Discovery Plus, our executive producer is Marissa Lucy. For Neon Hum Media, our executive producer is Cheryl Morris. Our lead producer is Crystal Genesis. Our associate producer is Chloe Chobel. Our production manager is Samantha Allison. And our music is by Ashi Ivanovich. Concept by Odelia Rubin and Cheryl Morris. And our engineers are Mark Bush and Lila Williams. (laughs) 